You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. So, let's look at the scriptures this morning. Are you ready? Colossians 2, verse 6 to 8. King James Version. Let's read it together. One to go. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Keep going. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught. Abounding therein with what? Thanksgiving. Verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Did you see that? Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after what? The tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. I want to talk to you about the traditions of Christ. Amen. Amen. Are you with me? It says, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit afterwards the tradition of men. After the rudiments, the principles of the world, and not after Christ. That means that there's a difference between the traditions of Christ and the traditions of men. Amen? And the earthly principles of the world. You know, most of the time, the most difficult thing after salvation. Salvation is instantaneous. When someone receives Jesus, he is born again. Instantly. What takes time is to change the culture of the man. Amen. For the man to lay aside the traditions he had always known. How he was raised. And embrace the traditions of the New Testament or the traditions of Christ. That's where the work is. That's what takes time. That's what only the renewing of the mind achieves. That's not instantaneous. Every time you hear a message in church, the moment you leave church, there's a counter message. The culture of the society you are living in is fighting against the culture of the world that has implanted in your heart. Amen. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? All the time. And the truth is this. For you to embrace the rightness of the Spirit, to walk in the order that God ordains, you have to know the Scriptures. 
You know, Jesus was speaking in Matthew chapter 22, verse 29. And he made a statement. He said, put up Matthew 22, 29. Matthew 22, 29. Are you there? Let's read together. I want to go. Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. It means if someone doesn't know the scriptures, he doesn't know the power of God, he will err. Amen. He said, you err. Why was he talking to these people? There's something they were saying. You know, some people, always, some people have arguments. Uh, if, if, you know, I remember I've said this before, where a friend of mine, we were fraternal friends, and then he heard that I now received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He heard I was serving the Lord and all that. So he came to see me. And when he met me, I was preaching. Or rather, I preached to some people where he was. So he asked, he said, this thing, this thing, I, I, I want to do it. He said, but I don't believe in it. Salvation, church. Then he said to me, he said, if the gospel, if this Jesus thing is real and is true, how come we don't have one central church. We have so many churches. Back to what I was saying. Now, my friend was saying, if the church is the correct thing, why do we have so many churches? Why don't we have one place where everybody goes? You know how somebody just come up with your own logic? You know, if somebody doesn't want to do the right thing, he will look for excuses. Amen. He will look for excuses. So, I didn't even have to start digging scriptures to explain to, uh, you know, the Bible says, don't cast your pearl before swine. Uh, you don't need to even start digging scriptures to explain to you. I just answered him in the language that he understands. I said, you smoke Indian hemp. He said, yes. I said, Indian hemp not, is, is for you. It's an original thing. He said, yes. I said, why is there not one place where everybody goes to smoke the Indian hemp? Because they call the places they smoke it joints or bonds. I said, why don't you have one general joint where everybody that smokes Indian hemp goes to collect the original Indian hemp? Marijuana. And they started laughing. He said, ah, it cannot be like that now. He said, it has to reach different people. It's for distribution. I said, you have answered the case. Are you listening to me? So you err because you know not the scriptures. And as long as you don't know the scriptures, there is another logic that is driving you. The word is a logic on its own. It's God's logic. The word of God is God's logic. That's what's called the logos. So, as long as you don't know God's logic about a matter, you have your own. And then, before long, that is now your tradition. Your, a tradition is simply a way of life of a group of people. Amen. Are we together? Listen, when you get born again, there's a way of life in Christ Jesus. Stop your say there's a way of life. Say it again, there's a way of life in Christ Jesus. It's not the same like the way of the world. 
There's a way of life in Christ Jesus. When you got born again, you received a new life. Amen. A new life to live a new way. Are you hearing me? Say, say I received a new life to live a new way. That got very clear. You didn't receive a new life to continue living how you were living. No, you received a new life to live a new way. And that way has to be taught. Hallelujah. Are we together? That's why Paul said in Colossians 2, we just read verse 6. As you have received Christ Jesus, so walk in Him. That means receiving Him is the beginning. There is a walk. Amen. There is a walk in Him. Very important. So when we start talking about the traditions of Christ, if you don't know the scriptures, you don't know the power of God, you will err. Now, throughout this meeting, throughout the convention, all the ministers have been mentioning scriptures. How many of them have you embraced? How could you be in a convention from day one to day seven and you don't now have scriptures that you didn't know before that are now standing out in your heart? People that know the word are those that are hungry for the word of God. People that know the power of the Spirit are those that are hungry for the power of the Spirit. Amen. Am I communicating? So he said, You err because you know not the scriptures, you don't know the power of God. But that means when you know the scriptures and you know the power of God, it will straighten you out. Hallelujah. Very important. Very important. But where I'm going to is that it's the statement Jesus made. You know, I'd like to read uh, Matthew 15. I'll just try to pick a few verses. And then we'll look at what Jesus said about tradition. Matthew chapter 15. I'll read from verse 2. Uh, Alright? Thank you. Glory to Jesus. Okay, maybe I'll read a longer portion. I'll read from verse 1 to 9. That will help me better. Okay? The same um, experience you can find in Mark 7. But in Matthew 15, Jesus was saying something. I believe whatever Jesus was sharing then, somehow applies to this. In Matthew 15, one says, Then came to Jesus, scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. That means that there's a tradition. Amen. Are you listening to me? There's a tradition. Everybody here comes from a village or a community. Is that not so? There's a language that you speak. Is that not so? I'm not talking about tongues. There's a, there's a local dialect that you speak. Is that not so? Okay. Now, that means that that, that place or those people, that tribe, they have a culture. They have a tradition. And the tradition they have is based on their belief. Every tradition is founded on belief. Core convictions, belief. So here, these scribes and Pharisees came to Jesus. What was their concern? They said, your disciples are not... Don't they know that they are in Nigeria? Don't they know that they are in, 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 in Port Harcourt? They transgressed the tradition of the elders. For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. That means the tradition. Hallelujah. That they are supposed to wash their hands. Do you know there are some of you here that the tradition that matters the most to you 
is the tradition of your village. Are you listening to me? Not the tradition of the word of God. Not the tradition of your faith in Christ Jesus. Not, your, not the tradition of Christ. That's what matters to you. Our people say, our people say, I remember a brother. You know, you know le, le, I, I want to just hit this, you know, and I'm talking to you as a pastor now. You know where there are some tribes that believe that if you want to get married, and you, before you get married, you should test the person you want to marry. You have to test. Everybody say testing. You have to test it. How you show that in the case where it's a man, how you show the lady is fertile. The man, how you show he is not impotent. Are you understanding me? So they have to try it out. So before they finally get married, the lady has to be pregnant. Hello? Are you understanding me? At least that proves that the man is able and the woman is capable. Amen. Okay, so, it's a tradition. Am I communicating? Now, you are born again. You've received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Is that the tradition of Christ? No, no, I'm asking you, is that the tradition of Christ? Is that the tradition of Christ? Now, you study the scriptures carefully and consistently. That is not the tradition of Christ. Now that you're born again, you ought to embrace that tradition of Christ. Now, here, Jesus was speaking to scribes and Pharisees. They were not concerned about the tradition of the elders. Let's read further. Verse 3. This was the response of Jesus. But he answered and said unto them, Why do you also transgress what? The commandment of God by your tradition. Amen. Help me ask your neighbor. So why do you transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? Amen. Glory to God. Why do you transgress the, go back to verse 3. Why do you transgress the tradition, the commandment of God, by your tradition? That means the commandment of God, the word of God, the revelation of God, is a tradition. Amen. Because it promotes a belief system. Glory to God. And that belief system, if you adopt it, it will also affect your own way of life. Amen. Can I have less movement? Amen. Sit down. Everywhere. Sit down. So anything you are going to do is more important. Sit down. That's what you came for. Sit down. Now, why do you also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? That means you can have your tradition. It could be a, 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 an Israel tradition. It could be a Yoruba tradition. It could be an Igbo tradition. And then most of the time, some folks bring that tradition to church and want to impose that tradition, are you understanding me, on others. For example, we have a tradition in Africa, maybe it's a Nigerian tradition, that if you are receiving something from an elder, you use your right hand. You know, as a pastor, I found out that some people didn't know it. I thought it was something everybody knew, you know. And so you use the right hand. Now, there's nothing like that in Scripture. But let me explain what it is. What is behind that tradition is honor. Everybody say honor. Are you understanding me? That's what's behind it. Does the Scripture promote honor? Are you listening to me? Now, listen. Does the Scripture promote honor? 
Now, the reason why a tradition should remain when you come into Christ is that it is consistent with what the beliefs of the scripture are. Amen. If not, lay it aside. Look at what Jesus said. Let's read down. We're going to verse 9. Verse 4. He now said, For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and mother. And he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. Verse 5. But you say, that's, look at what God said. But you say, whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, it is a gift. By whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me. I will explain that. Verse 6. And honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God. Of what? Of none effect by your tradition. Amen. Now God was saying to honor your parents. Okay? If you read Mark's illustration of this same scripture, he used the word, it is koban. Alright? Koban is gift. A gift that is set aside, dedicated to God. So, a man is trying to say because he kept the money for God. That's why he cannot honor his parents. And God said, no, 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 no. Honor your parents and still, and still give to God. Amen. Are you listening to me? Alright? So, here, that's what he meant. He said, you are giving an excuse to say, oh, I can't give. I can't do or fulfill my obligations to my parents because I'm serving God. He said, no, 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 no. You are trying to impose your tradition. Amen. And make the no word of God of non-effect. Let's read for the verse 7. Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, These people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is where? Is far from me. The last verse there, verse 9. Maybe I'll read Mark's account of it. Let's read. Let's read together verse 9. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandment of men. Go to Mark chapter 7. Let's start from verse... Yeah, thank you. I'll just read quickly. I'll just show you Mark's account of it. Then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the tribes which came from Jerusalem. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiles, that is to say, with unwashing hands, they found fault for the Pharisees and the Jews. For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they washed their hands of if not, holding the tradition of the elders. Verse 4. And when they come from the market, except they wash, they eat not. And many other things there be, which they have received to hold as what? The washing of cups and pots, brazen vessels and of tables. Keep going. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why walk not your disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashing hands? He answered and said unto them, Well has said, well has Isaiah prophesied of you, hypocrites. As it is in these people, honored me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. I want to read the Koban part. Keep going. How be it in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men, for laying aside, for laying aside, okay, let's read it together, verse 8, we want to go, for laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such things, such like things you do. Pause there for a moment. Glory to God. 
Now, do you know that there are people that have laid aside the commandment of God and hold on to the tradition of men? Amen. I want to ask your neighbor, what are the traditions that you live by? Amen. Ask your neighbor, what tradition are you living by? What are the traditions you live by? Amen. What are the traditions you live by? Amen. Why do you do what you do? There's a Nigerian culture, they call it, you know, that's what we say Nigerian time. That if you still come late for meetings, it's the Nigerian tradition. Amen. Amen. It's a tradition. But when you embrace the gospel, there is a tradition in Christ. So I'm going to show you some scriptures. Alright? And then we'll take it from there. Let's look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 6. Verse 6. Not 8. 6. 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 6. Follow me now. Let's read together. I want to go. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly and not after the tradition which he received of us. That means that when Paul went to Thessalonica, when he preached to them, he also established a tradition. Amen. A tradition. Glory to God. A tradition based on scriptures. That means that this is how you expect. Listen, there is a way a believer is expected to live. There is a way a believer is supposed to be. Amen. The Bible talks about the stature of the measure of the fullness of Christ. That means there is an image. There is a model for us. Amen. There is a model. There is a model. There is a picture. We are not supposed to grow anyhow. Amen. There's a model. There's a picture. So Paul was strongly saying, we command you. He was commanding them. Brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other name. There's no stronger authority you could speak by. He said, we command you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That you withdraw yourself from every brother that walketh disorderly. That means that the tradition we brought to you does not allow you to walk disorderly. Amen. The tradition of Christ does not permit disorderliness. That, he said, not after the tradition which he received of us. That you look at the brother's life, it's not a tradition you were taught. We don't talk carelessly in Renegade's assembly. Are you listening to me? We don't talk carelessly. So you watch him, you watch her. It's not working orderly. According to the tradition that was received, he said, withdraw yourself from him. The word tradition there, the Greek word is paradosis. Are you listening to me? It means there are certain things that have been laid down. This is the way to go. Paul 
talks about the communion in 1 Corinthians 11. And he refers to it as a tradition. In 1 Corinthians, but he used a, a different word. He called it ordinances. 1 Corinthians 11, 2. Amen. 1 Corinthians 11, 2. Thank you. Let's read together. I want to go. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things. And keep what? The, that word ordinances there is what? It was translated as is paradosis also. Tra- tradition. Amen. It was still talking about tradition. Tradition. You keep. You keep. Everybody say keep. As I was delivered them to you. Now, listen. You know, I am not the pastor of reading Christian Church of God. I am not the pastor of Winner's Chapel. I am the pastor of Renaissance Assemblies. Your job is to ensure that you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I, Pastor T.B. Peter, deliver them to you. Are you hearing me? Keep them. There's a tradition. There's a way of life for those that are here in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Understand that? And you know, one of the things that it's just like, you know, um, the testimony the brother was sharing where he said that um, he is not owing because the church does not owe. That's a good tradition, isn't it? It's not a good one. It's not a good one. Eh, embrace that one. Hallelujah. I am, I've been married for how many years? I've never slapped my wife. I've never beat her. And I'm not planning to do so. It's a tradition. It's a good tradition. Copy that one. Amen. Okay, okay, let me put it this way. She too, she has never beat me, so don't think that maybe. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm not beating her, but she's beating me. So if you are born again, you are here in this house, you are a married man, or my person, and you are pounding your spouse. Amen. Oh, we didn't do this. Okay, today. Okay, today. Amen. You didn't learn that one from us. Amen. Amen. There are core beliefs that make it possible for us not to do that. It doesn't mean that the opportunity to do that has not come. Amen. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? Uh-huh. So there is a picture. We are modeling something that you should become. Glory to God. Very important. Very important. So keep the ordinances as you have received them. Amen. Keep them. Keep them. Alright. Let me read my, maybe my last two scriptures. Second Thessalonians 2.15. Amen. Second Thessalonians 2.15. Let's read together. I want to go. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Paul was writing to them. That means the traditions were taught. They taught them. Praise the Lord. There's a tradition of honor in this house. Amen. Are you listening to me? There's a tradition of honor in this house. That's why there are certain things we do. We do it because of the tradition of honor. For example, if we have um, um, you hear you know, someone come to church and then you say, oh, the, the pastor is coming up to, 
stage to minister and then people rise up to receive the pastor. It's a tradition of honor. So why are they standing up? Why are they, you, why are you sitting down? If you can explain why you are sitting down, we will explain why we are standing up. Amen. Because something is making you sit down. That thing that is making you sit down is not in us. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. There's something in us that makes us stand up. There's a tradition of honor for the word. Amen. That's why in this church we have notes. If the response of the house, they write down messages. How you know the person will never enter? He doesn't have notebook. He doesn't have. He doesn't write messages. He's not yet a son. Amen. There is sheep and there is goats. Amen. The true sons of the house, they take down messages. They take down notes. That's how you identify them. Amen. Anytime the word of God is coming, they're concerned about getting the, the, the message. It's a tradition. Amen. Are you listening to me? I'm just, in case maybe nobody told you this. There's honor for the word. That means you have embraced the tradition of the house. There's something inside you that gives regard to the scriptures. You regard the scriptures. You don't come to church and be roaming around. You are concerned. The most important point in the service for you is where the scriptures will be taught and preached. Honor for the word. Amen. Then honor for the things of the Spirit. The manifestations of the Spirit and the things of the Spirit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Yes. It's a tradition. Now, these traditions, I said, they are driven by belief. That means there's something we believe that makes us act that way. There's a tradition in this house for reaching others with the gospel. Hallelujah. Amen. We are passionate about soul winning. One-on-one witnessing. Amen. We are passionate about it. That when we say, oh, even in our personal lives, we are concerned about sharing our faith. It's a tradition. Now, do you know why I'm saying this to you? If you've been here and you've not allowed yourself to be taught to embrace the tradition as you were taught, then I'm saying that you still have a long way to go. Hallelujah. We have a given culture, a Renaissance assembly. Amen. There's a spirit of generosity. There's a spirit of generosity. People that have been around us, stayed around us, been around, can testify there's that spirit of generosity. You cannot be in the house and not embrace that tradition of generosity. So they say, oh, if you are still here and you dodge giving, you've not embraced that tradition of generosity. Amen. Glory to God. And generosity is not a function first of abundance. No. Generosity is not practiced by those that have abundance. Generosity is first a state of heart. Hallelujah. Are you understanding me? It is a willingness first. 
before it is even a capacity. It's a willingness. Are you listening to me? Go and read about the Macedonian church, what Paul was saying. He said, in their deep poverty, they were still willing. It's not because they had. They gave themselves. Uh, uh, this convention, uh, I know I'm not giving. Because I don't have money. If I have money, I will give. Let me tell you the truth of generosity. There are people that didn't give money, but they came here every day to work. Amen. Are you understanding me? They came to clean. They came to arrange. They came to... What they did, if they didn't do it, they would have paid somebody to do it. That's the spirit of generosity. They look for how they could serve. How they could be involved in making this big thing happen. That's the tradition of the house. Amen. It's a tradition. Those are our values. You know when we talk about our values? Amen. The things that are, that we regard, that are important to us, that make us who we are as people of renaissance. Amen. Glory to God. Very important. So, you're listening to me now. And then, the question to ask you is, have you embraced this tradition? Help me ask your neighbor, have you embraced this tradition? Now, listen, if you've not, repent today, amen, and make up your mind to embrace this tradition. At least the few ones I've mentioned. Am I communicating? Embrace them. We honor people. I'm your pastor, I'm the president of the ministry. If I see you first, I greet you. That's how I believe. You, if I've ever greeted you before, lift your hand. No, no, put your hand down. I'm not saying everybody should leave their hand down. Some of you maybe have not greeted you before. If I've ever greeted you, not that you greeted me and I was responding, I greeted you. Stand up. Yeah. Now, look at the number of people. See now. It's, it's a culture. Are you understanding me? So I meet you. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. I'm the president of the ministry. You, what are you? You cannot greet anybody. Is there any way you see Pastor says, My God, greet him back. That's not the culture of the house. Amen. Glory to God. That's not the tradition of the house. If I see you, I will greet you. We honor people. Hallelujah. Because they are people. Amen. If I come here, they not show the place. I will see it. Amen. I will see it. But there are people that are members. They are general overseers members. Amen. Yes. Even come to the altar. Please clean it very well. Clean it very well. Clean it very well. Amen. You know, let me even say, share this with you. If you're a member of Renaissance Assembly, listen, we honor people. Don't be a fake. The Bible talks talk about faith unfeigned. It means genuine faith. Don't be a fake believer. You know, there are people in church here, I even see some of you, you do it sometimes, and I'm correcting it, that honor some brethren 
in church more than they honor their leader. Hello? That's wrong. Amen? Now, your mayor or your cell, let's not even go to your pastor. Let's use your cell leader or mayor. Your mayor or your cell leader, let's assume you're an usher and your cell leader is coming. You don't say, oh, sis, oh, my cell leader, let me give you a good sis. Are you understanding me? But maybe as a church member, maybe you believe the person has a big car or the person has a pot belly or the person can give you a job. Then you are running around, running around for the person. You are, you are a fake. You are a fake. You are a disgrace to Renaissance Assembly. Amen. Honor in your heart. Search for people. If you are an usher, everybody that comes to church, every member, everyone that walks into this church, you must honor them. Amen. I agree that honor is not, there is an honor for a man of God. And there is an honor. Jesus said it now. He that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet. He that receives a right. So there is an honor for the righteous man. And there is the honor for the prophet. You see, modernization cannot change it. Amen. That's scripture. So, if you say, okay, because a pastor, a man of God you recognize walked in and you want to honor I agree. But never because of status in life, in, in, in life and just earthly things, you look down on someone else to please someone else. No, that's wrong. Amen. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So the culture of the house, we respect ourselves. We honor others. Some of you sisters, you don't greet anybody. I know many of them have changed now. <laughs> Amen. But, good morning, good afternoon. It doesn't change anything. Praise the Lord. I said, hallelujah. Did you hear God's word today? Very important. So, embrace the tradition of the house. Embrace them. That tradition of honor, generosity, embrace it. When people come, they, you know, there's a way we do things. Amen. That's the way we do things. In our confession, our confession, we always end the last few words and say, I have an excellent spirit. You say it every time. Maybe you don't know that there's such a statement in confession. I am all that God says I am. Then you say, I have an what? Excellent spirit. You cannot have an excellent spirit, then you come to the premises and be looking for where to weed beside the car that is parked. Amen. Why? You have not so learned Christ. Amen. Amen. We have conveniences. You go there. I saw someone on a video some months ago. And he was not a member anyway, but it's someone that used to come around. He came to the convenience and just outside the door began to weep. Now, what bothered me was not the visitor, what the visitor was doing. What bothered me was a church member was passing. And as, let me not use convention to point you out. Okay. And the, because the person is here. And didn't even do a thing because a problem. Amen. And there are some things you will see. Ah! You will shout. Ah! Are you understanding me? This not we don't do the classes here. Then his urine will cut. He will not finish it or he will be on himself. Amen. 
the way you shouted is what will make him. Are you understanding? Hey. That's the best way to teach him. Amen. He said, hold it there. Hold it. But I saw a brother, I saw someone walk past and saw what the person was doing. Nobody said anything. No. No. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lift your right hand and say, In the name of Jesus. My heart is open to embrace the traditions of Christ. I lay aside the traditions of men. I lay aside the traditions of my village that are not consistent with the word of God. Amen. Yes. Now, I want to end on this note. Is there any tradition maybe from your village from before you got born again that you are still holding on to? Amen. I want you to think about it. You know, sometimes tradition is so subtle that you are not even conscious that it is influencing or controlling you. But it's there. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's there. It's there. And so sometimes when people are listening to God's word, they are looking for a teaching that will promote their tradition. Are you understanding me? You know, they are looking for something that will promote their tradition. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. So if there's such thing, I want you to decide today to lay it aside and embrace the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. See, if you are a believer and you seek to please people, more than you want to please God. Are you listening to me? You know they are poor like that. You know they are poor like that. They are more concerned about pleasing their colleagues, pleasing their neighbors, than they are about pleasing God. I'll give an example. Do you know why some believers don't publicly profess their faith? Let's assume now somebody comes into an office space and starts preaching. And then say, what's in the worry this one? The unbelievers there are saying, what's wrong with him? A believer that is there is going to join the unbelievers sometimes and say, I don't even know what's wrong with all these people. He's not going to identify with the believer. He said he will want to identify with the unbelievers. Are you people like that? Are you people like that? Yeah. That means they are more concerned about the public commendation than that they please God. Amen. If you come to my I'm a pastor. I've had people come to my house that are not believers. I've had traditionalists that don't believe in God come to my house. When you come to my house, my house is God's house. Are you understanding me? If you come to my house I will not offer you, maybe you believe in Kolanos. I will not offer you Kolanos because you believe in Kolanos. Are you getting what I'm saying? Hello? 
you didn't hear me well. There are people that smoke Indian hair. Huh? They come to my house. They say, they say, what would you like to take? They say, well, is, you have, uh, do, you, do you have, you know, uh, is, is you have, uh, you know, a woman. Then I say, ah, oh, I run. I'm going to look for India and say, give me three wraps. I have some visitors now. Amen. You know, and then I, I serve them. Then they start smoking in my house. Is that what I do? Now, I don't believe in that because I don't do that. I won't offer you that. If I come to my, it's what I eat in my house. What I drink in my house that I will offer you. If you are going, I will also give you 30 days in the book of Romans. Amen. Are you understanding me? I will give you 30 days. Are you getting me? That's what I offer. It's what I believe in that I will give you. Now, in the same way, if I come to your house and I say, um, give me dates annotated by book. You say, Pastor, I don't, I don't have dates. So. I say, okay, give me King Jesus. I say, I don't have any Bible in this house. So, uh, Pastor, what else will you take? Then he says, I have medium stout, big stout, original this one. This one, I have gin, I have whiskey. Then I'll say, no, I don't take it. Is that not so? He's offering me what he has. He believes in me so much, he's not ashamed. Are you understanding me? Why will a believer be ashamed of what he believes in? Amen. Glory to God. If you are here, you've been offering people alcohol in your house, in the name of you want to make that, it is a wrong representation of Christ. Amen. It is a wrong representation of Christ. It is a wrong representation of Christ. Amen. Amen. Did you hear me? When they come, give them what you eat, what you drink. Except you too, you drink those things. Okay, if you drink those things, please, when we have service in church, too, bring it and drink it here. Amen. If you are not drinking it here, you're only drinking in the house, it's hypocrisy. Are you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. A sister, I was having a discussion with a sister, and then she told me she drinks, um, I can't remember the name now, but it's a, it's a it's, huh? Is it, no, not, um, there's a, oh, sorry, let me not point at it, I'll remind me of what she told me. She's no more drinking it, but she's here, so she's no more drinking it. I've forgotten the name now, but it's, um, it's a, um, it's a, it's a, something, smell of, yes, 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 it's alcoholic, so, so, so she drinks it, you know, and all that. So, and I said, uh, so I like, uh, she was like, no, don't, she doesn't see there's anything wrong with it. I said, okay. I said, no problem. All right, buy, let, buy for me, let me, I would like to drink it. She said, no. That's, she, if you see the protection, no, that's, first of all, you cannot drink it. I said, if it's a good thing, let us all drink now. You understand that? Drink. I would drink too. I would like to drink it. In the Lord, let's just share it. Amen. She didn't want me to drink it. Say, no, pastor. You, no, don't drink it. Amen. Why? So, please. When next you want to sow a seed to me, if you smoke it, go sow it to me. Amen. <laughs> Amen. If you do better, I just show it to me. Amen. Why don't you show that one? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Just yeah, be loving. Man of God, man, this will be seen here. Your preaching going on good there. You know, that shows that it's not wrong to you. Amen. But you cannot show it. You don't want anybody to know, even as we're talking now. We don't, you don't want anybody to know that you do those kind of things. Amen. That means your heart condemns you. 
then let it go. Amen. Amen. If I come to your house, you have to dodge some drinks. You're a bad guy. You should be able to open your fridge and say, Pastor, take anything you want. Then I say, okay, give me this one, give me that one. No, it's a pastor. Don't uh, stay here. <laughs> there are some sides of this house that are not born again. Amen. <laughs> Amen. There are some sides of this house that are not born again. Amen. No, then that's wrong. Are you listening to me? Let your faith be unfeigned. Let your faith be genuine. Raise your children in a way that you don't give them reasons to suspect that something is wrong with how you're practicing your faith. Amen. Amen. Bow your head for a moment. We're going to go off the live stream um, just now. And then I'm going to take questions. I'll do that for about 15 minutes. And then we close. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. We bless your name. I bless everyone that is a part of live stream. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of this. We'll be in the evening again. We'll be coming up by 6 in the evening. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to be sure that, that you're off the live stream. Can I have some kind of confirmation? Off. Thank you. Now, we need a microphone in the congregation. If you have a question to ask based on what was taught, or something that you are not clear about, alright, I would like to just answer. And um, because of time, I will just take three questions. Amen. Just three questions. So those of you that are um, if, your, if your question is important to you, you can lift your hand, amen, and then you can ask the question. Now, no, you are not in the, you just came, you are not in the meeting, since I'm not going to answer any question for somebody that was not in the meeting. You are, you are not in the meeting, I'm talking about convention, and uh, I don't just want random questions. Amen. So, I see one hand up there, I see a second hand up there, and then uh, I see her question up there. So, let's take from the first person there, the lady with the red. Tell us your name, what chapter you came from, and then... Praise God. How are you? I'm a visitor. You're a visitor, thank you. Okay. Praise God. Pastor, based on what you just taught us, as Christians, and uh, you are a tighter, yes. and a giver, yes. and a situation where you have someone that has health challenge, yes. serious health challenge that needs an urgent attention, yes. And they have a financial challenge. Yes. And you are supposed to drop your tithe yes. that same day. Yes. Is it an offense to maybe attend to that immediate um, um, situation and not paying the tithe? Okay. Thank you. I'll just answer straight. You see, um, when it comes to things like you can do anything you want to do. You know, you can decide that you want to give your use your tithe to solve an immediate problem. If you want to use it and pay your house rent, you want to use it and do so, you can do anything you want to do. But you see, when as a believer you're being trained in the things of the spirit, one of the greatest things you learn is how to set your priorities. Okay? That's the most important thing you learn as a believer. It's just like someone saying, there could be a genuine excuse 
for example, you're supposed to come to church on Sunday morning. Then on Sunday morning, you had uh, a leakage. Maybe your, your, your tap got broken, your pipe, and water flooded your house that Sunday morning. You know, should I go to church or I should stay back and, and uh, clean the house and do that? You can choose what you want to do. But the choice you make tells us your level of understanding. Are you understanding me? Your choice, the choice you make only shows us your level of understanding. Now someone else will say, what, what, what will I do now? I would, uh, uh, okay, I, I couldn't go anywhere. Um, the house was flooded. I had to mop. And, uh, so I stayed back and mop and clean the house before I, I so by the time I finished church was over, so I didn't go to church. No problem. But now, let's, let's suppose that happened to me the first year I got born again. One thing you have to know is that for every reaction to a, a circumstance, Satan records your reaction. Because he's going to use it again. Amen. Now, the reason why it's a Christian, the house is flooded. I will lock it like that and go. It's so that Satan will not think of doing that kind of thing again to me. Amen. He knows that my priority is that no matter what happens, I will still go to church. So, are you crazy? You know, as he left it, some things will even get, I said, let it get first. I get one thing. Why am I reacting like that? There is something I understand. Amen. So let's come back to your title. In the same way also, you know, when I was growing up, living with my parents, there's something that used to happen. I, I grew up, uh, we, had, we lived in um, a company estate where we have a power source, like, like a generator for the place. Then the generator had a problem. There was a period of the generator. And that time in my life was a time where I was spending more time in prayer, studying God's word, in prayer and studying God's word. That was a period. About that same time. So, you know those kind of things that happen where the general generator gets bad and then they are deciding whether they will fix it or they will not fix it, that kind of thing. And while that was going on, I had hours where I used to study. So, when it gets to that hour, and let me just put this, I'm not... um, I'm not good with reading with candles or... I, I don't like it. You know, and uh, as over the years, even when I was in university, not been in, put myself in a position where I had to use a candle to read. Are you understanding me? Okay, so now the light goes off. The thoughts that come to you, light has gone now. This, you know, you, oh, you are just sleep. And so the light goes off. Maybe the first time, like, oh, the light has gone off. Let me wait a while if the light is going to come. It doesn't come. Then. So let me sleep. I found out that the light started going off more frequently at that time. Amen. So it's not just about the light now. There's something against me. So the next time the light went off, I said, if I can't read, I will spend the time praying. So I kept the Bible closed and then I will pray in tongues. The light stopped going. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now I'm just giving you an example. If I didn't react to it that way, so you say, oh, this will happen, um, something happened, so I use my time. It will happen again and again and again. But let me tell you something. When you set in your heart that nothing will stop you from tithing, those circumstances will align to what you have set in your heart. Amen. There's a certain person. Yes. Thank you. Uh, thank you, sir, for the opportunity. My name is Brother Uta Isaac from Bini Amen. 
my question, I'm going to ask two questions. One is directly connected to what you taught. Yes. The other one is um, something I need clarity about in my heart. Uh, the first question is um, what I have in mind is to bring clarity because um, as a person, I'm like, given to a family, and have female siblings, and of course in the future, I will have a female child. Yes. Now, concerning marriage, I, you know, when it comes to marriage, for instance, the um, the marital rights, yes. whatever thing we do there is actually written by or decided by unbelievers. Yes. And then, you know, now if I want to give my daughter out, for instance, yes. the community have um, a, a, a culture yes. that determines how I'm going to do this. Yes. So, I mean, that, of course, the majority of what is there is not in agreement with what I believe. Yes. Do I have the proper for me to actually draft how or decide how I'm supposed to give my daughter out? Yes. And, of course, I cannot influence if I'm going to marry, for instance, somebody's going to marry or they give me. Yes. I might not be able to influence altering because if you don't do it, they might not um, give out their daughter. Yes. But now, maybe my sister wants to marry, um, my parents are born again, for instance. Can we sit down and decide how it's going to go? Ignoring what the community that area decided. Yes. That is one question. Okay. And secondly, um, this is with respect to uh, brethren. Maybe I'm praying for somebody who's sick and I'm in faith for the person to get healed. And now the person, uh, because them as is a baby Christian, he kind of um, believes in what I'm doing for him or her. But if he goes out maybe to have a or native doctors to do one or two things, does that's us invalidate my prayer for the person. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Is this helping anybody? Is it good that we're asking this question? Okay. For the first one, you see, one of the reasons why God wants the believer to be influential, prosperous and influential, is for reasons like this. Who sets policy? Who sets the tradition of a place. Are you understanding me? Who says this how is going to be done? Am I communicating? Now, most of the time, it is everything started one day. Hello? Are we together? Okay, that someone will sit down and say that if you want to marry my daughter, you have to bring squadron jeans. It started one day. It started by a squadron drinking elder. Are you understanding me? Are you getting what I'm saying? That thought of himself and what he will benefit from this girl's marriage. Okay, no, you are going to bring, uh, you are going to bring this and that and that. The demands they are making are the things they want. Now, the reason why a believer should be influential is so that he can establish the lordship of Christ in his own community. Are you understanding me? And change how things are done. Praise God. In your office, in your, in your, on your street, you know, there are certain things that they do. I remember when I was in university, they had this um, end of year thing they used to do. Sometimes, like department folks will come to me and say they want to do end of year or something party. And then it's somebody's decision. They come and say, "Let's do an end of year party." I say, "Uh huh." Then they say. Uh, then they lined out what they wanted to do because they asked for contributions for everybody to give. And then I said, what do you want to do? Then they said, Pastor, we, 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 this is the budget. And in the budget, they had money to 
bring girls from friends. In those, when we were in school, the girls from friends are the girls that didn't know why they were in school. Amen. You know, it might have changed, but that's how it was. So, they said, we're going to hire the girls from friends to be in the party. So, they had a project for that. For DJ, for this, for that. I said, I will contribute to this if there is a crusade. Amen. Are you with me? So, that can happen. My um, secondary school, uh, Alma Mater, we have a union. And then they keep coming up with wonderful things they want to do. Then they lay them out. But, you see, they have to look for ways to accommodate people like us. Amen. Amen. Yeah, because if not, I can't be involved. So they say, oh, they want to then they have a Friday night, they want to go to this place. They say, oh, um, that one, the, those of us that are interested, we put money in that one. Then we want to give something back to the school. I'm involved in that. I'm going to give. Then they say, okay, but we want you to be involved. So we are going to bring the Thanksgiving to your church. Amen. That's how they're going to be involved. Amen. Am I communicating? So, it's that kind of involvement is because they believe, they, see, you have influence and they need it. Amen. Are you listening to me? You have influence and they need it. So, you must be influential enough to be able to decide those kind of things. And I'm encouraging that, yes, you come and say, in my own, when I will give her my daughter, I will not do this, I will not do this, I will not do this. This is what we will do. And sometimes when you come up what you will do, it will even be better than all those things that they are talking about. Alright? So yes, you can. And you should do that. And that's why you should be big by the time your daughter is being given up. Amen. Amen. The second question he asked was about... Uh, what's the question now? Yes, yes, yes. Now, the, no, listen. It depends on what the thing is. If somebody is still immature in his faith, and... Let's use, there are different things. You could be praying for someone. There are people that we pray for and we encourage them to stay on their medication. Okay? Yeah, so still stay on your medication. Okay? There are people that um, maybe they are on some kind of medication and they are being ministered to. And then we say, continue the medication. A lady came up to me, she had HIV. This was just a few years ago, you know. And then she brought the drugs. You know, she was she had already started taking medication. So she had those pills and then she brought them and showed them. So like she said, Pastor, I'm, I'm I'm handing over all the drugs to you. You know, so I said, What drugs are these? She said for the um AIDS, um HIV um and all that. So I said, Why are you giving them away? She said she's not gonna take them. She doesn't believe that she uh, she has done two tests or three and they said she has HIV but she's not accepting it. I said it's not like that. Now, nah, because I'm pastor, I say, no, it's not like that. Because I knew that she, she, she was not in faith. Are you understanding me? There are people that have done that, and I was with them. But she was not in faith. She's just embarrassed to be associated with the tablet. She didn't want her friends in church, people like you that know her, to see her with that kind of drug. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I said, that's not what it's about. That's not what it's about. I said, you will take the medication. And then I'll be praying with you. You will take the medication. You continue to take the medication until you, we go for another test. Amen. Are you listening to me? So, there are cases like that. 
where you, 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 you say no. But when you mention Juju priest, Habalist is different from Juju priest. Amen. Herbal medicine is a field on its own. But I heard that there are some people that mix their herbal things with it once spiritual has entered, it's no more herbal. Amen. Herbal means that the person is using plants. It's alternative medicine, plants. Alright? There are some leaves, there are some things, you know, they will mix in a certain way. As long as there's no prayer said, there's no incantation. If there's an incantation, it's no more herbal. It's pyro herbal. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Okay, so I, I want you that to be very clear to you. If they have to go around you seven times before they pour you the palm oil, it's no more herbal. Amen. Are you understand what I'm saying? If they say no, they give you palm oil to drink three times a day. Palm oil to drink three times a day. But they mix the palm oil with uh, ginger. No problem. But when they mix with ginger, the man say, then it gives you. It's no more herbal. Amen. It's no more herbal. Are you listening to me? So understand the difference. Now, so I'm asking your question based on the fact that if the person is doing alternative medicine, maybe taking her out, no problem. But if he's going to consult... <laughs> a Jiju priest and coming back to you, is countering what you are doing. Is that clear? Yeah, so that's it. Yeah, mommy, let's hear her question. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, sir, for the audience. Yes. The issue of tithes has been a controversial one. Yes. And there have been a lot of teachings yes, yes, on the tithes. Yes, sir. Uh, yesterday or two days ago, I learned that uh, tithes is not meant for distribution. Yes. But if I have an affiliation to three or four churches. Yes, sir. For example, I worship in a preaching station. Yes. I have a cathedral. I belong. They expect tithe. For the preaching station, they expect tithe. For my father's uh, uh, hometown, there is a church there. They expect tithe. They say it's not when we die in the city, they will bring the cost home. So they are still expecting our money. Yes. Then for my marriage too. Yes. I'm married outside. Yes. So they say it's not when I die they will bring my cost. They expect tithe. Then what do we do yes. that we will avoid tithe distribution? Yes. At times we pay one month here, another month there, another month there, or at times maybe the tithe is one ten thousand. We say we pay one thousand there. Which one are you recommending that is most acceptable? Thank you very much. Praise the Lord. Now, let me also um, 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 say this. She actually suggested the idea that we should have a question and answer and accept it. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. You know, so is there a time for question and answer? So I thought of it. I said, I thought of it. I said, okay, we can do that on Saturday. All right, thank you. And she had already asked me this question, and I was to answer in private, but it's good that we're answering it publicly. Um, let me explain it in a very simple way. That will be my last question. You see, when you read the book of Deuteronomy, some of the scriptures that were read, 
He said that you would take it to the place he had chosen. Amen. That the Lord has chosen. That means that even when they gave their sight, it had to be in the place that the Lord had chosen. Have you seen where native doctors or people that practice those kind of things, they sacrifice, they offer. There's a place they tell you to go and drop it. Are you with me? Or maybe they say go and drop it at this junction. It doesn't, it's not any junction you like. Are you understanding me? He will say go and drop it at so scope point. That point is a portal. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Okay. Now, the same thing applies for your sight. The prescribed place to give your sight. There are different kinds of giving. And let me explain all of that. A, past, a believer can support many ministries. You understand that? You can support many churches. You can be here and you love what God is doing in the ministry of Pastor Benihim. And every month you send money to him. That's good. You could be here and you love what God is doing in the ministry of maybe um, um, Kenneth Copeland. And then you, you give money. But that cannot be your type. I don't understand me. That's the point. That cannot be your type. It's just like the story Jesus told. Where they said, because God said, honor your parents. Then you say, because I want to give a gift to God, I cannot honor my parents. What God is saying is that, still honor your parents and give your gift. That means you should balance both sides. Okay? So the balance is this. Of all the affiliations of the church, which one is your thought? There is a church that is your thought. Are you understanding me? Let's start from there. Okay? So maybe I will ask, which one is your, which one is mommy's thought? Amen. Okay? Which one is your thought? Yes. Which one, which of them? Is it the preaching station? Or the one you attend, the one that is your church? And cathedral. Yes. When I finish... Is it the same denomination? It's the same denomination. Okay. The preaching station is an extension. It's like it's a, a branch. A branch. Yes. So I was transferred there. Yes. Then I still come back to cathedral. I'm okay. an evangelist. Okay. So, but the cathedral is the main church. It's the main church. Okay. So, that's your church. That's Thank it. you. Okay. Now, let me use Renaissance Assembly of how we do this in Renaissance Assembly. If you're a member of Renaissance Assembly and you worship in Abuja chapter, for example, your tithe goes to Abuja. Amen. Are you listening to me? Your tithe, as a member of Abuja chapter, goes to Abuja chapter. That's where you tithe to. But now, how we function is that all the members of the ministry, whichever chapter you are in, we encourage you to be a partner. Amen. The partnership all come to the headquarters church. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's our own structure. So it's good for you to understand it. So when you type, you have to type to the church, the local chapter that you attend. Amen. Because the pastor there is the one feeding you every other day. Amen. Are you listening to me? That's how we operate in Renaissance Assembly. Now, for her, I don't know what the structure is in their own denomination. It's the same. Okay. So, your tithe goes to your church, the, the one you are attending. Good. Now, if you earn 20,000 naira in a month, your tithe is 2,000 naira. The 2,000 naira goes to 
You watch after. Benin. Okay, stand up. Let me use it for example. Your tithe of 2,000 naira goes to Benin. Okay? So, you give... Where is your, your brother? No. Where is... You have a sister. Is she around? She didn't come. Okay, I was thinking. Alright, so... You give 2,000 naira as your tithe to Benin chapter. Let's assume you're a partner and you partner 3,000 naira a month. After giving your 2,000 naira, your 3,000 naira partnership goes to Jerry. Amen. I don't know if you understand. Okay. That's what I'm explaining. Okay. Now, any other giving you want to do, you cannot share that 2,000 naira that you are supposed to give. You cannot share it into two. It's no more a tithe. What makes it a tithe? Tithe means a tenth. 10%. It is together. Amen. Alright? That's what makes it a tithe. So it has to go to that place. Thank you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay. Now, how do your, uh, the first question I want to answer is where the tithe should go to. Then before I now talk about your support, you can now sit down and look at your finances and see what you can do. Then you can say, okay, out of my, after taking out 10%, I'll take out another 10%. Okay, that's not my time. That's my contribution to all those places. If I want to divide it in five places, it's up to me. I give this one to this one. I give that one to that one. I give that one to the place where they're going to bury me. Are you understanding me? Uh-huh. So just make them know that I see the... Are you understanding me? Uh-huh. Glory to God. But my time will go to my church. Where I feed from. Praise God. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded.